0: Let's jump in. We're going, what does the Bible say about the belt of truth? So let's jump in, let's pray, and uh, then we're going to get you out of here. Oh good, no amens on that. All right, so (laughs) Jesus, Jesus, thanks for today. God, we are excited. We're excited what you're doing today, this morning, what you're going to do tonight. And God, we just are believing for an incredible time. God, for the individual um, who is hurting right now, God, I pray that they would know your love and comfort today. God, I pray that they would experience your grace and your mercy. God, this is not a moment where we want individuals to encounter a church, encounter an individual. We want them to encounter the King of kings and the Lord of lords. The one who forgives, the one who saves, the one who heals, the one who transforms. And so, God, we pray for truth today in our life. God, that you would reveal that truth. It is, it has to be the center of everything that we do. And so, Lord, for the deceptive mind, for the mind that's been lied to, the life that has been lied to today, I pray that a light bulb would go off and truth would be revealed and we will, be nev- we will never be the same again. God, change your people this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. 1 John 4 says, But you, that's you, belong to God. You belong to God. Like if you're, that's five words, I'm not going to make that mistake, five words that can radically change your life, but you belong to God. Like before we get into anything else, you need to know who you belong to. You belong to God. You have already won a victory over those people because the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in the world. Like, you need to understand that you are victorious, you are an overcomer, despite what is happening around you, despite what has happened to you, despite what you have done. Okay? Because it's easy, it's easy to go, yeah, they did this to me, it's easy to say, like, the the world did this to me, my boss did this to me, my spouse, whatever it is, no, sometimes what we've done to ourselves, despite all of those things, overwhelming victory is yours today. Now, this is not a, like, name it and claim it type of thing. Like, oh, overwhelming victory is mine. Where's my new car? You know, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about that Jesus, because of the relationship that we have, because of who we belong to, because of the relationship that we get to have, We can walk in victory. So when the Bible talks about having joy despite circumstances, when the Bible talks about peace that passes all comprehension, what's he saying? He's saying, listen, despite the chaos that is going around, despite the storms, there can be peace in your life. And people go, that doesn't even make sense. That sounds like an oxymoron. Like, what is that, that I can have this peace? That's what Jesus does. He brings that, and he's saying, listen, Your identity, who you are, you're a belonger to God. You belong to him. Satan's intent, the enemy, the devil, the one that the Bible said is roaring like a lion, seeking whom he may devour. So those of you that thinks that that the devil is just hiding, being deceptive, nope. He's seeking whom he may devour. Have you ever seen any of the, you know, National Geographic stuff where like a lion is out there? Like, what is a lion doing? He's seeking whom he may devour. Who's the sucker that usually gets devoured? The one that gets away from the pack. Why do we do community? Because the enemy is seeking whom he may devour. And when we do life alone... When we forget who we belong to, when we forget our identity, and we're on an island somewhere, chalking it up as like, well, I'm going to just be me, I'm going to just do me, and I'm going to just live this life. Just know there's an enemy that's seeking to devour you, and now you're a lone wolf, and you're probably going to get trounced. So we do life together. We get to know one another. We put community in our name because we believe in community. We believe in saying our whole name like we're always in trouble. You know what I mean? Larry James Bridges. Mom, don't call me that because you did a weird trick and named me after dad but then gave me a girl's name. Like, don't do that. You know what I mean? Like, don't call me my full name. We want to be our full name so that we understand that the enemy comes to bring death but God has come to bring life. The enemy says do life alone. No, we say community. And the greatest vehicle that God has given us for transforming the gospel and giving it to people is the church. And so we are Life Community Church. And we say it like we're in trouble. Come on, Life Community Church. You know what I mean? It's like you're in trouble. So Ephesians 6, where we're spending a little bit of time, says, Therefore put on every piece of God's armor so you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Can we all agree that we're in a time of evil? All right, I just want to make sure we're we're, where we are. No, things are great. It's great. No, the belt of truth, the armor that we are to put on first is truth. And we put it on because everything else is dependent on truth. If I'm believing a lie and I'm putting everything else on it, because it's not a belt like I'm wearing right now. I'm not going to give you that, but I have a black belt on. It's not what he's talking about. Weightlifting, guys, if you're in here, you understand that thick belt that you put on? A couple pictures of the belt of truth. Actually, it was right here. That's why the New King James calls it a loincloth. Why? Because it protects here. Today we call it a jockstrap, all right? Sorry to get that visual, but my baseball guys knows what's up, right? If you're not wearing that, you know you forgot to put the cup in. It ain't good. It ain't good, all right? You're singing a new pitch, you know what I'm saying? All right, so he's, it's a protective. It's not just a belt, It holds the sword, which is telling us truth and the word of God, truth and the spirit of truth have to coexist. Okay. If I'm not having the belt on, I have nowhere to put the word, the, the sword. I have nowhere to protect me. It's defensive. Everything he's talking about in the first couple, the first five, he's talking about, he's talking about defense mechanisms. When he gets to the sword of spirit, he's, now it's offensive. But the first couple, he's talking from a defensive standpoint. And he's saying, this is a thick belt because it's to help you stand. It's to help your back. It's to help your posture. It's to help you in the times of evil not to fall, not to crawl, but to stand up, to be bold, to be a person of truth. And if you don't know truth, you can't speak truth. Okay. So he's saying, listen, this is first, truth, righteousness, the gospel, faith, salvation, all of these are gifts for us as God's people, the ones who belong to God. These are the gifts, okay, to stand against the schemes of the enemy and the belt of truth is so important because we're lost without truth the schemes of the of the enemy will overpower us without truth we'll believe lies that are not true most of the problems that you and I have is because we've believed a lie and it's caused us to get away from community well, I'm not going back to that church they did this no that was a lie it's not actually how it goes they're going to make mistakes so is your husband, so is your wife, so are your kids, so is the waitress at the restaurant. We don't boycott them because you had a bad experience. It we believe a lie and it removes us from belonging. Not because God says we don't belong, but because you and I have excused it away. Stop believing the lies. The lies. The rest of the armor has to go. With the spirit of truth, this is the reason John 15 says, I will send to you the advocate, the what? The Holy Spirit? Yes, the spirit of truth, and he will come to you from the Father, and he will testify about what? About me, about Jesus. The advocate, the Holy Spirit, is giving you the words of Jesus. He's giving you the truth of who Jesus is so that you can stand not so you could be a scholar, not so people could be mesmerized by you, not so that you can just flaunt the truth so that you can stand when the enemy has a scheme against you. Amen. He's referring to this whole this whole armor and it's the soldier who's ready for battle. Ready to to not just stand but to engage. You're not a bystander. You're not a bench warmer. You're someone who needs to actively participate. Actively engaging. It's a spiritual war that we're living in. And if we don't have the truth, it's the reason John continues says, make them holy by what? By your truth. Teach them your word, which is Truth. Again, you can look at all the different translations when it comes to the belt of truth from the fastening the belt of truth, buckle the belt of truth, gird our waist with truth, gird our loins with truth, all of those things. And here's what I would say. Here's my struggle. In 2022 when it comes to truth. We no longer have absolute truth. We have relative truth. Absolute truth is Hey, listen, it doesn't depend on your opinion. This is what it is. Relative truth is like, well, it can be true for you and not for me. Now we start believing lies. Well, well, there's a lot of ways that we could get to to God. There's a lot of ways that we can get to this one religion. There's a lot of ways. And Jesus said, no, 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 there's one way. There's one truth and there's one life. And it's only through Jesus. And that is absolute truth for every single person. Because when Jesus is talking about seeing the light in Matthew 4, it says that Jesus said, listen, there will be darkness and then you'll come and see the light. And then it says, this is what Jesus preached, repent. The absolute truth is every single one of us can come into relationship with Jesus. That's not relative truth. That is absolute truth. And it's for every single one of us. Just because we have a hard time extending grace, we have a hard time forgiving people, we have a hard time understanding that, God, would you really forgive that person over there? And you can picture whatever sin you want to, God says, yes. This is our problem, right? Grace is good for me, but not for thee. This is where we struggle. I mean, relative truth Is we can see the same things and you can call it ugly and I can call it beautiful. That's relative truth. We can both be right. That's dependent on my opinion. Absolute truth is my opinion doesn't matter. It does not matter. I can say all day long this building is, you know, black with white on it. It's not. It's white with some black trim. And you can call it ugly or you can call it beautiful. It doesn't matter to me. It's beautiful. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Ephesians 4 says it this way. And he will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. They sound like the truth. We're putting a little... I used to tell teenagers this once, all the time, but I did this experience once, and I had a youth leader at the time who was a lawyer, and I usually ran things by her just to make sure I didn't get sued. You know what I'm saying? This was the one time I didn't. Wasn't necessarily bad, but here's what I did. I made brownies. (laughs) I made brownies, and I had a student eat them, and it was no big deal. They enjoyed them. But what I told them was, afterwards, that there was this much dog poop in it. It was just this much. It wasn't that much. It was just this much. But it was mixed in there. And so you ate just a little bit of dog poop, but the rest of it was pretty much brownies. Right? I thought it was a really great illustration. Because what it showed was, you and I... We bring things into our lives and we think, it's just a little bit. It's not going to really affect me. But when it comes to eating something, we go, oh, I would have liked to have known that dog poo was in that. This is what he's talking about. They try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. They could be the truth. Maybe they're the truth. And now all of a sudden truth becomes objective depending on opinions, depending on how you feel depending on your experiences, depending on how you were raised, let's be clear, there is absolute truth. And so Paul is talking to the Ephesian Church, and he's saying, "It's truth that also comes from the Word of God." First Timothy 4:1 says it this way. "Now Holy Spirit tells us clearly that in the last time, some will turn away from the true faith. They will follow deceptive spirits and teachings. That come from demons. We've already established we're living in some crazy times. Many believe in times. Many believe a lot of things. I would say we're living in crazy times. But I'd also say it's not so crazy when you look at the Bible. When you look at the church of Corinth. When you look at Sodom and Gomorrah. When you look at the destruction of the things that are happening around. But we have to call it what it is. Because there are individuals that think we're in this battle. And this battle is just good versus not as bad. Let's call what it is. It's evil. And Paul is telling a young Timothy, here's what we need to understand. There are people who are following deceptive spirits. <laughs> this might be a little too much for one service, but do, do you find it odd that where a lot of alcohol is sold, they call them spirits? I mean... They're trying to get you to not be in your right mind so that we can usher in other things. So when he talks about being of sober mind, he's not just talking alcohol. He's saying, listen, if I'm not clear, if I'm not in my right mind, which he's already told me to renew my mind, I can follow deceptive spirits and teachings that come from demons. This is my issue with October, you guys. Be careful. It teaches we all, I mean, this is what the Bible teaches about, that we need to know about life, death, heaven, hell, God, Satan, sin, salvation. It, it teaches us that, that we need to know the condition of our hearts before God. It teaches a solution of who Jesus is. Paul, Paul is also telling Timothy in 2 Timothy, he's saying, listen, soldiers don't get caught up in the affairs of civilian life. So then they cannot please the officer who enlisted them. See, when you know whose you are and you know who you belong to, you understand the assignment by the one who gave you the assignment. And so now I'm not getting caught up in things that don't matter Which would be my encouragement. When you're meeting with people, when you're in a small group, Like decipher between what matters and what doesn't matter. And then don't get caught up in those things that don't really matter. Right? When you leave this place and you're having conversations, don't don't head down a rabbit trail of something that doesn't matter. This is what John said. Jesus told them, if God were your father... You would love me because I have come to you from God. I'm not here on my own. It's Jesus. But he sent me. Why can't you understand what I'm saying? It's because you can't even hear me. For you're the children of your father, the devil. Now He's talking to religious leaders right now. I mean, think of what Jesus is saying right now. You love to do evil things that he does. He was a murderer from the beginning. He will always. He always hated the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he is, It is consistent with his character, for he is a fa- he is a liar and the father of lies. So, how do you combat lies with truth? You combat lies with truth. What does God say about that? Why? Because Jesus said He is the way, the truth, and the life. And it, and it began in the very beginning. A couple weeks ago, I was in East Salton Wood River, which I'd love to give you an update on East Salton Wood River of where we are. Two weeks ago, when I was there, uh, Pastor Brent and Teresa was voting in as their pastors. And uh, so in East Salton Wood River, there, they were voted in. So they are now the pastors of that church, which is super exciting. We're, we're pumped. It's awesome. And now we can start and begin this partnership that we have with East Salt and Wood River and what that looks like. And uh, to be completely honest with you, I don't know what it looks like. Uh, we just know that we're supposed to be a part and what that what that part looks like, whether it becomes an official campus, whether we change the name, all of those things will be decided later. But we just know right now we're to play a role and we're walking in steps with what that role is. And the first step was that Pastor Brent and Teresa became the lead pastors, which they did two weeks ago. And so we celebrate that. That's an incredible thing. Absolutely. So we know that the rest of 2022... Um, we're going to continue that. I'll be there at times. Pastor Brent will be here at times. We'll, we'll continue that relationship. Some of our team will go there. We'll uh, actively be helping them uh, along the ways. And it's just incredible opportunities to partner with the church. And, again, I cannot explain to you the kingdom mindset that has happened at that church. For a 71-year-old guy I go, listen, I cannot take this any further. I need somebody else to come in and to help me and to set, step aside and say, hey, take this thing, and to fully uh, engage that way. Incredible as I was talking to them two weeks ago, right in the middle of my my talk, I had this, just this, this thought. And I've shared this with us before in the past. But this is where the enemy lies to us the most. He lies to us about our identity. Why do we think right now in culture, the biggest thing that is happening to us is this identity crisis? Because this is one of the key target ways and there are several, but this is one of the key target ways that, that the enemy attacks the church specifically. That we forget whose we are, who we belong to, and that you and I walk in victory. So much that so if you go back to Genesis 1.26, when God said, Let us make man in our image, human beings, he said in the NLC, Let us make human beings in our image, that you and I are made in the likeness of God. Before you were ever created... Before your mommy and your daddy ever thought, let's have a boy, let's have a girl, as if they had any say in it. Before they ever were, God says, let us make human beings in our image, giving us this trinity understanding, this mindset. He was saying, let us, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, let's make man in our image so that you and I can be reflective. We're made in the image of God. So because we're made in the image of God, we reflect who God is. Everywhere that we go, this is our identity. We reflect who God is. God is forgiving, I forgive. God is loving, I love. This is my identity. As a son, as a daughter in Christ, this is our identity. What what is it I'm supposed to do? doesn't matter. You're to reflect. I would even say this. We put a lot of stock in this. I would even say it doesn't even matter where you work. Just reflect Jesus. Your jobs are going to come and go. Your job is not your identity. A lot of times when you say somebody like, hey man, tell me a little bit about you. Where do we usually start? Well, I'm married and I got a couple kids and it's not your identity. You're a son and daughter of the king. And so no matter what God gives you, whether it's kids or whether it's no kids, whether it's a a wife or no wife, a boss or no boss, you are to reflect who Jesus is. That is your identity. And that's why it's under attack. It's under attack because God has purpose for you. And this is the understanding that we have to know. Before you ever were, God gave it to you. Which tells me my identity is achieved, it's not received. I mean, it's received, it's not achieved. I did nothing for it. There wasn't a thing that I did to work up this identity. I received it freely from God. I didn't achieve it. I did not achieve it. So we have to understand, this is one of the lies that the enemy has for us. I think another lie that you and I have is, you're, you, I am not more valuable than anyone else. And I'm not less valuable than anyone else. There are going to be people taller than me, for sure. Come on, somebody. (laughs) Richer, poor, more hair, less hair. We can go on and on and on. I'm not more valuable. I'm not less valuable. This is the reason we don't kill the unborn. This is the reason we don't kill the elderly. This is the reason we don't believe in survival of the fittest, or Darwin evolution. It's the reason we don't believe that. Those who are strong survive and those who are weak are worthless. We don't believe that because we believe that God's identity is for every human being. Okay? It's why we don't believe in racism or classism or sexism. Because we believe that we equally bear the image and the likeness of God. Every single one of us, we equally bear the image and the likeness of God. And when we believe that, we see people differently. And the enemy will try to put us against each other. He's trying to put race against each other, sex against one another. All of these things he's working. Why? Because he doesn't want you to identify as someone who's made in the image of God. And what is he doing the most? He's making sin attractive. It's not just a temptation anymore. It's that it's attractive. And because it's attractive, we are deceived. It's the reason I read to you what I did Second 2 Corinthians 4, 4 a couple weeks ago. We were told Satan, who's the god of this world, has blinded the minds. What is that? He's causing us to not understand this message about Christ. Who is the exact likeness of God? Galatians says it this way. Let God's curse fall on anyone, including us or even an angel from heaven who preaches a different kind of good news than the one we preach to you. Listen, here's where he's being deceptive. He's being deceptive by preaching a different gospel, a different good news. And then... He's being deceptive by giving us excuses on why we're not following the gospel. Can we agree that we're an excuse culture? I would even say maybe lazy culture. Anybody? Is that okay? I mean, it's not probably okay, but it's real. Jesus said to the one man in Mark 10 20, One thing you lack. He said, One thing you lack. And he was saying to him, listen, there's not a lot of things going against you. There's just one thing you lack. And the one thing you lack is that you're making excuses on why you're not being committed to Christ. That's what he's saying. He said, I obeyed the law. I obeyed all these things. I didn't commit adultery. I've I've obeyed the top ten list. I've obeyed all these things. He goes, no, there's one thing you lack. It's usually not all of this list of the things that I've done wrong. It's usually just one excuse that I'm making that's keeping me from doing what God asked me to do. So why do I keep going? Why do I, why do I pursue truth? I pursue, pursue truth because if I don't, it hurts myself. It hurts me. And now we're walking around wounded, believing lies. It destroys people. Every single one of us could tell us a story of, of somebody who's believed a lie or someone who's given into addiction or temptation or whatever it is a deception. All of us have stories. It might be our story. And it's destroyed a family or it's destroyed a life. And so we seek truth so that we don't see any more destruction. We don't see families being ripped apart. We don't see marriages being ripped apart. We seek truth because we don't want to live a lie anymore. We want to live free. This is the reason Peter says, if you want to enjoy life and see many happy days, keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies. He's like, listen, start speaking the truth and stop lying as if you've, you've made it or something like that. We've not made it. It's hurting yourself. And when we seek these lies, we destroy the people around us. Come on, parents, every single parent in this room, you know. You know the decisions you make are killing your kids or they're giving them life. I read a story about a wife who asked her husband why she didn't play golf with Ted anymore. Why aren't you playing golf with Ted anymore? Her husband replied, would you play golf with a man who moved the golf ball with his foot when you weren't watching? His wife said, well, no, I wouldn't. Her husband said, neither will Ted. Paul's writing to the, the church at Ephesus and he says, in Ephesians 4.25, he says, Stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth. For we are all part of the same body. Listen to, what he, listen to the impact of what he just said. He's telling the Ephesian church, whether they come to the Ephesian church or not, they're part of the body. Listen, he's saying, listen, where does it start? He says, listen, your influence starts where you live. So he says, stop, stop telling lies to your neighbors. He's saying, listen, the people around you, like, stop telling lies to them. And then he says, listen, not just tell realize, it comes back to the identity, realize that they are part of the same body. He's he's emphasizing that when you and I follow this lie, we now compartmentalize people into categories, that now I can't even love a neighbor, someone who is next to me because I've excused them because of what? Their behavior. And now I've pushed the wrong identity onto them, and now I'm judging them by what they've done, not who they are. He's saying when I believe a lie, it doesn't just affect me, it affects how I do life with people, and now I marginalize these people over here, I isolate these people over here, and I pretend that they don't deserve the grace that God gives to me. He's saying, listen, it's so much more It's so much more than just showing up. It's preparing for a battle. It's being intentional with the battle. I put on the armor of God, and I'm representing that, Jesus, I am yours. I belong to you, and because I belong to you, I'm walking in this relationship with you. I'm being disciplined in the truth. I'm seeking truth. I'm seeking conviction. I'm seeking you to show me what it is where I'm missing it. Why? So that we can radically change the world for Jesus. Not for ourselves. For Him. John Tyson says it this way. A Christian community in a web of stubbornly loyal relationships knotted together in a living network of persons in a complex and challenging cultural setting who are committed to practicing the ways of Jesus together for the renewal of the world. I'm going to say it again. A Christian community in a web of stubbornly loyal relationships knotted together in a living network of persons in a complex and challenging culture cultural setting who are committed to practicing the way of jesus together for the renewal of the world we come together in a world full of individualism and isolation. The answer is community. The answer is getting together. It's not a time to put our lives or to shut doors. It's a time to keep them open. It's a time to love when it's really difficult. It's a time to be in community when you'd rather be isolated. It's a time to believe the truth of what God says and not the lies of the enemy to keep you separated. It is the greatest time to be alive because there's never been a time like this and you and I get to spread the hope that radically changes the world because there are men and women who have been lied to and they want to know that there is an answer and there is an answer and his name is Jesus. His name is in community. His name is in doing life together. His name is in saying, I am sorry. I was wrong. You are right. I am wrong. It's in moving forward together even when we mess up and not just in the good times but also in the bad that's what it's about It's why we do it I love when people say like how does the church grow this is so simple just do what Jesus said like well it's a really difficult time to be in the church people are leaving it like crazy do what Jesus said You know why people are leaving the church like crazy? Because I take Jesus out of it and I replace it with a man. And I don't care how good he is. I don't care how good his shoes are. I don't care how good he looks. I don't care how well he even sounds or how well he even communicates. It doesn't matter. If if he replaces the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, we've missed it. We've missed it. I've already told you, we can get a crowd. That's not what it's about. It's not about making a crowd. It's about making disciples. And that only happens in community. I love this part. I love this. I love a crowd. I love us getting together. But this is not the end all. It has to be in community. It has to be face to face. It has to be someone telling us, hey, you're believing a lie. Come on. Come on. That's why I I pray against a spirit of offense. A spirit of panties in the water. I don't even know if that's a spirit. You know what I mean? beauty of one service, I guess. (laughs) If you didn't laugh right now, you have that spirit. No, second laugh doesn't count. Some of you are like, you're just not funny. I get that too. I get that too. Will you stand with me right now? I know we reflected. But here's, here's my challenge to us as we, as we part ways today. My challenge to, to all of us. And I'm, I'm really asking you to think about it. Every single one of us. What is a lie that I've believed that is relative and not absolute? What is a lie that I've believed? And some of you in this room, man, we could go all day on what those lies could be. Some of you in this room, you're still believing a lie of something that was spoken over you as a teenager. And I'm just telling you right now, you need to break that lie. And you need to talk to somebody. First and foremost to Jesus. Because that is not true. Okay, what lie am I believing It's not truth? And what am I going to do with this lie? This is where the challenge comes in. Because I think we're really good at identifying things like all of this room, all of us, myself included, we know what to do to get in shape. Do we not? I know what to do. I got an app for it. Doing it is the hard part. This is how Jesus said, you believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Good for you. Even demons believe that. He's saying, listen, belief without action is a lie I don't even like saying we're believers anymore we're followers of Jesus Christ we're disciplined in the ways of Jesus and when I get off track I get back on track by following Jesus okay so what lie am I believing and how am I going to go from inaction to action what am I going to do with this lie? Who am I going to talk to? Who do I need to, to, to forgive? Who do I need to say a, have a conversation with? And I'm not telling you, write a letter. Telling them off to get it off your chest. Have a conversation. So that healing can take place. So that restoration can happen. Because here's what I know is safe to say. In this room... We've all believed a lie. We've all believed a lie. Some of you don't think you're good enough. You're good enough. You're a daughter of the king. You're good enough. Whatever lie that you've believed, bring that thing under the truth. And let's deal with that root. Amen? And I'm going to pray for us right now. God, thank you. For the spirit of truth has come. And it's revealed the lie that I've believed that I no longer want to believe. So God, we're asking for you to renew minds today. To renew hope today. To restore the love that we have for one another and for you. I come against the spirit of offense deceptive spirits that we've believed that have caused us to leave community or to leave a really important relationship or to walk away from Christ. A lie that we're not good enough or we're not smart enough. I come against that in the name of Jesus. And I do what your word says. I repent for believing that lie. I repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. God, we know that the greatest vehicle you have right now in 2022 is that the bride of Christ, the church would rise up. And where there is no hope, you, we will restore hope that is only found in Jesus. God, give us strength to love people because on our own, we can't do it. We need you. We need you. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Amen.